Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Well, hello there. Did you miss us, beautiful? Because we surely missed y'all. It is Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steeler Nation Radio for the next two hours, baby. We're going to have a little fun with it like we always do right here on this show. And it's a weird show because it's our first show, but it's our last show of the week. Like, this is what happens when you get holiday weeks. But let me continue on with my monologue and my intro because it's just supposed to do when you're in the H chair on a hosting day, you know. And it is a hosting Wednesday of yours truly, Arthur Motes. So, as we always do with our shows, we like it very interactive. Best way to do that is to hit us up on the Twitter.com. Now, it's two of us in here. I'm the one guy, and he is the other guy. The other guy with the good hair is the name of Wesley Euler. <laughs> So as we said, man, with today's show, we will have an interactive. It's going to be all over the place. We're going to be recapping a little bit of Steelers uh, of uh, Steelers charges. We're going to preview a little bit of Steelers Bengals. We will also jump on the phone lines and hear from our guy, former teammate, Steelers alum, Terrence Garvin, West Virginia Mountaineer. TG. Absolutely. We'll talk to him for a little while, man, to recap and look forward and to get a little, you know, inside linebacker talk about an uh, inside linebacker here in Pittsburgh who has come under fire recently. Love it. So without further ado, I will further ado you a little bit more because the hit us up is on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. At Wesley Euler. The good So head. now without further ado, my partner in crime, how we living? Wonderful. It's the best week of the year. My favorite holidays tomorrow. Got some family rolling into town. Mozi and today, I listen, the one criticism, well, I guess there's two criticisms, but they kind of go hand in hand of mm-hmm. this show from people that don't like us, is that we're too goofy, we're too all over the place, we're oh, not man. we're not singularly focused enough, as Mike Tomlin might say. That, or maybe we're singularly focused on not being singularly focused. Now you're talking. Okay. Moats, today is going to test that even more so. Mm-hmm. Today is going to test our ability to not chase these shiny silver objects, because you're right, we have a ton to get to from the Chargers game. We have a ton to preview for the Bengals game. This is our only show of the week. Uh, we got a great guest, Terrence Garvin. And since it is the day before Thanksgiving, I'm sure plenty of the power grid, they're going to have a, a ton of questions for us about the L.A. game, about the Cincinnati game, and about Thanksgiving dishes as well, too, I would imagine. So, hey, Motes, we got focus today, all right? All right, we are focused. Okay, are you ready to focus? 
No. Okay, we're focused. I'm just, I'm just ready to kick my feet up and right. enjoy Moats Host Wednesday. <laughs> All right, well, in the true nature of a Moats Host Wednesday, I do feel like we should and, you know, do our due diligence on said past game, which was a mixed bag, right? Um, this is one of the things I actually did want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of the game and the flow of it, exciting uh, drama. Yeah, it was a very entertaining game. I think it, especially from a neutral fourth perspective. Quarter, we finally saw our team go over 30 points. This is a game where both teams featured and it went over 30. Um, but I wanted to get you, I wanted to hear from you on mm-hmm. this. Does this loss feel better than the tie against the Lions? Because I have I'm seen that you, sentiment. I'm glad you went here. I've seen that sentiment a lot. And I just wanted to hear from you. But also the power grid, the megawatts. Let us know your feelings on this. Did this tie make you feel better i mean excuse me did this loss to the charge make you feel better than the tie versus the lions yeah man because it's been it was an interesting thing i'm glad glad you went here yeah because i've heard it from both sides i've heard that people say man you know the tie because you know we didn't lose but now i've heard people say the chargers lost because of how well everybody looked at times in the game playing so shorthanded especially too right and in the way seven looked in this game as well moats here's where i'm at I, I I don't really believe in moral victories. Mm-hmm. I think particularly at the pro level, it's one thing if you're a a young college program somewhere with a brand new head coach and you're and all these things and ah you know what we almost beat Alabama, mm-hmm. but but in in the pros I don't I don't buy into moral victories at all, and so no I, I would not say that I felt better after the Steelers-Chargers uh, defeat than I did to the the draw uh, that played out at home against the Detroit Lions. In fact, I feel worse about the draw to the Detroit Lions. First of all, we don't, we don't, we don't do draws. This, this is, sorry, yeah, sorry. We sorry, do ties. Sorry, we, sorry, sorry. See, I just, ties, you know, that's like what yeah. you wear around your neck no, this, no, this no. Sunday church. Uh, us, us Americans, we call it ties. Yeah, we call it a draw, We call it a ties. We call it a draw. Yeah. All right, we'll have a draw. Moats, I, I feel worse about the tie against the Lions now mm-hmm. because – it, it it felt like that Chargers game would have been easier to take if you're six and four as opposed to five four and one. Yeah, because you could sit there and say, "Man, Ben played great," and "Man, Cam Hayward played great," and, and we went across coast to a Chargers team that's very talented and with a decimated defense. And Herbert played really well. And you know what? They just had one more possession than us, and and, mm-hmm. and at the end, and they were able to score points, and we got the ball back, and there wasn't really much time, and, and that was kind of it. You know, time just ran out on a really good game. That team came storming back, fourth, uh, 27 points, right? Wasn't it in the fourth quarter, the most in franchise history? But I can't say any of that in the aftermath of what happened against Detroit. It's one thing, if, I, if I'm going to seek comfort one week, that's fine. But Moats, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it two weeks in a row. Yeah, for me, man, I share that similar sentiment, man. It's hard for me to find that comfort. Um, I do like how we performed. Like I loved our performance a lot more this game as a whole versus the Lions game, but I don't feel better because the yes. end result was Agreed. a loss. Agreed. I mean, and, and it's hard for me to ever feel good about a loss knowing the ramifications that this game will have won us, not just because it was a loss on our record, but it's a loss to an AFC opponent that potentially could be fighting for a wild card spot against us. Those are some of the reasons why I didn't like it. Um, And in terms of the tie, the reason why I was still a fan of the tie, and I was like, even though last week I said it kind of jokingly, but I was still optimistic when we spoke of it, was because it's half a win. The same way we look at it as half a loss, it can't be half a loss without it being half a win as well, man. So I kind of always viewed it that way. It's whereas, better than a loss, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Whereas with this, 
it was why a you're still up loss. on the Browns right now Correct. and not last in the division. Correct. And I understand when we talk about the quality of the opponents. Oh, man, it was the Lions, man. We should have just blew them out. But we have to remember, Mason Rudolph got the call that he was going to be the starter less than 24 hours before kickoff. So it was like, man, when you're talking about best case in that situation, I think we got one of the better cases that we could have had. Yeah. And it was definitely better than a loss. You know where I'm at now that we're kind of thinking this out? Both of these games, Detroit and L.A., they are the type of games that, man, if if, if they were able to win one of those, or God forbid both of those, mm-hmm. we'd be very optimistic. Right, like, like you just you just laid it out after the Detroit game. If the Steelers find a way to win that game, right? If, if, if maybe I don't want to name any names. Maybe somebody holds on to football. Oh, you know, Steelers end up kicking a field goal and they win that in overtime. I don't have to name any names because there were multiple culprits. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> which one you want to if, go with first? If Boswell hits a fifty-two yard field goal in overtime and the Steelers win the game. What are we saying on Monday? We're saying, ah, look, what you just said. Mason Rudolph didn't get the call till Saturday night, and the defense was still pretty beat up, and they, they were without Ben, and they, yeah, the Lions stink, but they found a way to win, and that's all that matters. A lot of like what we would have said post-Chargers. Oh, my goodness, look at the performance by Ben and Cam. Look at the heroics with so many people out. The Steelers, it felt like they were out of that game for over the first half of it, and then all of a sudden they come roaring back, they get back into it, they even take the lead at one point. I, like... We, we would have been very optimistic about this very, team very in much. either of those situations. But I, you know what? I've stated this before. Maybe this is what it gets back to. I've stated this before, Moats, over the four years that you and I have been doing this show together. I hate the old adage of like, oh, we were just a player two away. Mm. Uh, oh, well, yeah, the team went seven and nine. And I'm not, this isn't a Steelers specific thing because the Steelers haven't had a losing record since like I was in elementary school. Say, it's, been, it's been a long time. Long, 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 long but time. But I always hate it when fans of NFL teams, like you heard this from some Patriots fans last year. Oh, the Patriots went seven and nine, but man, they were just a couple plays away from winning 10 games. Every, it's the National Football League, it's the ultimate parody league. Newsflash, every team in the league was a few plays away from winning a few more games. That's, every team in the league was also a few plays away from losing, losing a, a few more games as well, too. That's, that's what makes the difference quite often between the, the okay, the good, the great teams, it is, you, is what you can do in winning time. Um, and, and, man, I just I, I take no comfort in the fact that, that they were able to, despite a lot of things working against them, play some good football because – I still think we're going to look back at it at the end of the season, and there's a really good chance that this two-week stretch, and we'll think, man, one of those, if we would have just got one against the Chargers or the Lions, I, I, I'm afraid that we're going to have that feeling at the end of the year, that we're going to look back to this two-game stretch and say, man, if they would have just done enough to find a way to win one of those two games. Now, I get that part about, man, just trying to win one of those two games, but I'm looking at it also in the optimistic sense of, man, could these two games potentially catapult us, though, in terms of because we know this is the stretch front, right? When we're talking about trying to win the division, we talk about playoff seeding and things like that. These upcoming games, these remaining games. It's when divisions are won. It's when it, individual awards are won, you, all you, that you, stuff. You're going to see Cincinnati coming up this week, and you got Baltimore two more times. Yeah. You still got to go to Cleveland. I mean, you still got Cleveland as well. Yep. I mean, Vikings are playing better football like, like right that, now. That, that is heavy, heavy stuff Derrick right Henry there. Henry could be back for the Titans when they that's, roll in here. That's super heavy stuff. So to me, man, when I think of this, I say to myself, okay, we're building, right? You find a way with all of the negativity, self-inflicted, 
Ben not being available to you to tie the Lions, right? As crazy as that game was in the crazy weather, you find a way to tie it. You go on the road, you don't know Ben's going to be available to you until what? The day of, the day before, along with missing four key contributors, right? Sure. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. But you find a way to, you know, make it to where it was, right? Because I'm sure on paper a lot of people did not think it would even be this close or even that instant of a game. I think especially as the game started to right. play out. So now I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, okay, now we're about to start getting back healthy as well. You heard him saying what TJ, Minka, and Hayden potentially got an opportunity to play this weekend. So if we're getting, you know, you handle this adversity, Ben has clearly stepped it up a lot. Five straight weeks a without an interception. Now. He's he's playing good football. He so absolutely to me, is. I could just see where, man, this team could go on a run. But that's why I think that this game this weekend is going to be it's pivotal huge. to that. And I like how Mike Tomlin didn't downplay that yesterday. Absolutely. Like, that is going to be really significant yeah. for this team going forward. Like, they got to get this one this weekend. And I think I they can because the of the momentum, the momentum that they have surrounding them. Like, everything is pointing to that. But I do think that it puts us in a really good position going into this game this week because confidence-wise, offensively, they haven't had that type of performance. Ben has more points in the fourth quarter performance. than they did right. in a couple games combined this so, year. <laughs> so with that, Ben is going to be more confident. The offense is going to be more confident. We're not expecting Najee excuse me, to have another game where he's under 40 yards rushing, are we? I don't. Where he also takes a uh, WWE-style elbow to the dome. Hey, man, but he got up, though. You live to fight another day. Live to fight another day. Live to fight another day. That's that's the duality that I'm I'm on over these past two weeks is because I I do agree with a lot of the points that you're making there, and I do think it is, like, this is where I'm torn, right? This is where I'm conflicted. The whole, the standard is the standard, and this is Pittsburgh, right? And and, and we don't make t-shirts and hats for making it to the playoffs like the Browns do, right? right, right. Like it's division titles, it's AFC championship games, it's Super Bowls. That's that's the the goal. It's not let's have a 10-win season, it's not let's make the playoffs, it's not let's win a playoff game. The standard is the standard. We expect more here. And you and I have talked about that how a lot of times it feels like that signaling from some of us can be mixed, right? Right. And I've been guilty of that too. We all did. We we had a blast when the Steelers beat the Browns a couple weeks ago. We treated that much more than a regular season game in October. So I think of that, and I think about how this team is the reigning division champions, right? And how they won 12 games last year in a in a 16-game schedule. 12-4 and four regular season last year. It's crazy. But I also am not naive enough to not know that there was a lot of turnover on this roster, particularly on the offense. you got four rookies starting on offense. you got four new offensive linemen starting. Um, you lose Juju, who... Now maybe it's I think it's clearly changed to Deontay, but when the season started, I think we all would have said, or 80, 90 percent of us would have said Juju was Ben's number one guy. Mm -hmm. I think that's clearly changed to Deontay now. My goodness, we gotta talk about him at some point. But there's a lot working against this offense. So that's where I come down on the I do think it's fair to have the optimism, like you've said, of the team's building. The offense is getting more confident. They've been carving out an identity really for these last four or five weeks, and maybe Sunday was the culmination of that, and it continues. That's where I'm torn is because, again, reigning division champions, 12-4 and four last year. The standard is the standard. This is Pittsburgh. We don't, we, there's no moral victories here. There's only trophies and banners here, right? I mean, we don't even hang division banners at Heinz Field, do we? We better not. Ex- and we better not start. <laughs> exa- exactly. So that, that's where I'm torn is I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. If you're, if you're looking at it in the micro, right, in the, in the, if you're looking at it with a magnifying glass up close, you, you, you've got a quarterback that a lot of people wrote off. You've got an offense with a ton of rookies, a lot of new guys moving parts. Yeah, it's encouraging. But I also 
you know, the standard is the standard, and I'm just – I do think what you said is correct. This team could go out against Cincinnati. They could keep that momentum going on offense. They could score 31 points. I also think, you know, progression is not always linear. It's not yeah, always take a step true. forward, take a step forward, take a step forward. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. They could also go out and score 17 points again against the against the Bengals. That's why, getting back to what Mike Tomlin said yesterday, I think the thing that we do both definitely agree on, this is a big one on Sunday. Like, there's no, there's no downplaying that. Now, with all that, we've really focused on the positive element of this past game, right? And why we do feel more optimistic about the team going forward. Sure. But... Oh, uh oh, I know where you're I think I know where you're going here now. As a defender in this league. Oh, I know where you're going here now. Former linebacker he of the had Pittsburgh to do it. Steelers. He had to bring down my vibes on this it's, Thanksgiving. It's, it's hard for me to be as chipper when my defense gives up forty plus. I, I know this is an offensive league and that's why we all oh, we're super optimistic when we score thirty plus in a game. Even though we gave up forty one, but in a game where we might only give up sixteen. Sixteen. It's like no, 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 I don't like that as much. I don't the feel the same. Sky is falling. So for all our offensive lovers out there, I get you. But I do want to know, um, are there any concerns with the defense going forward? Or do you look at this as outlier, as a, well, they were missing these players, and that's why Justin Herb was able to have over 500 yards. Or, excuse me, their team was able to have over 500 yards total offense. Now that, Arthur Motes, is the $64,000 question. That's the expression, right? $64,000 question? Something like that. Old Old TV show, game, game show, TV show, you get it. I thought you're the resident historian on this show. It all depends on the health. And maybe that that might be a little bit of a cop-out at this point. But if this Steelers defense has TJ, has Minka, has Joe Hayden, I still think it's it's not perfect. I still think it's certainly got some flaws. Um, but I think they are are more than capable of being a, a top 10 defense in the National Football League with, with those guys. If it's the patchwork that we saw put together on Sunday, then I am concerned. Because I thought... There was a real juxtaposition on Sunday. There were a couple Steelers who played very well, particularly Cam Hayward. There were also a couple Steelers who really struggled, particularly your 5-5 brethren that I'm sure we're going to talk about here as well, too. And that's where, again, it's it's like it's just hard for me to decide right now. I'm, I'm really sitting on the fence waiting till Sunday. I know that that's probably not the hot take or the definitive answer that everybody wants. But I do agree with you. There is plenty to be optimistic about this team, especially – if they get some of those stallions back on defense, if yeah, they get yeah. some reinforcements back on defense, but I, I'm, I'm still waiting and seeing. I don't, I don't know. Well, because my my concern is this: um, how many games would you say we feel like our defense has been dominant or elite? Not like having nice moments, but just like Buffalo for sure, right? Cleveland, Cleveland, two games. Yeah. yeah. So that's my only thing. I'm just like, are we overrating what our defense is. Ooh, now you're opening the can of worms, because, because, baby. I, because I think of, like, the Bears game, right? Mm-hmm. I think of that Seahawks game. I think of this game against the Chargers, and to me the difference was the Seahawks and Bears did it with low-end talent at the time, right? In terms of the quarterback position, one of the guys being younger, another guy kind of being a little bit more of a journeyman. Correct. Whereas the Chargers were actually competent. They actually had a quarterback that was good. And we saw at times it looked like he was playing on air. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> so that's my thing. I'm just like. And I want a lot of people to know this, too, Boatsy. Like, he had 100-some rushing yards total coming into that game. Yeah. 
So it's not like Justin Herbert had been Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson yeah, he, all season. he was not doing that. I know a lot of people were screaming, why was there no game plan to shadow this guy? He's because not, he's he never, never done, done that it. before. He's never done it. But they, it was a clear message. Okay, every time they play cover one and turn their backs, I'm pulling this ball and I'm running. And when you only rush four, yeah. And, lot, you, and Mike Tomlin talked about that yesterday yeah, too. When you, when you rush four, you have it's to be perfect. A lot easier to do. Yep. You got to have your guys having gap integrity, and I mean it's just hard to do for four quarters. Like that's you know just the nature of Agreed. it, man. Hundred percent agree. That man, a lot to dissect there. Yeah, I I agree with you that I, especially in the absence, it, it, there's there's two big kickers for me right now mm-hmm. in that whole d- defense elite conversation. The first is just the health, right? And not even necessarily with the the three big ones, Watt, Minka, and 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 Joe Hayden. I thought you said, why did you been here? Why did you been here? Why did you been here? What's about? Also, obviously, with Stephon Tuitt and uh, Tyson Alalu as well. Yeah. If those five guys come walking through the door, changes everything. H e double hockey sticks, brother. This could be. Yeah, a, I agree. H <laughs> e double hockey sticks. Yeah, brother. This could be an elite defense. But even with some of those concerns, right, even with what we know is Alu-Alu being out for the year, even if what we are still waiting for, and I don't know if you've seen this, but since Sunday, I've gotten at least like half a dozen DMs, and there's been people that have just straight up tweeted you and I, probably another half a dozen, what's really going on with Stefan Tuitt? What's the secret? This and this. Folks, I wish I could break the news. We, like, th- there is no news. That's still the Stefan to it. I promise you there yeah. was not some big conspiracy that everyone in the Steelers organization. Yeah, yes, and, it is. And, he, all the, and all the news what, reporters. What's got the secret? And he, all the radio hosts like Motes and I, are, we're all conspiring together to keep the Stefan to it. We don't know. Wes, I, Wes has all the info. He was actually trying I to tell me. I wish I could me. tell you. He told me off air, and he, he told I had to swear to secrecy. that when I had to sign an NDA, otherwise he was going to shoot me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. They're, I mean, that's that's tangible. The two guys on the defensive line that we know, at, at least not right now, are walking through that door in terms of Alu being out and, and still nothing onto it. Uh, mum's the word. Quiet. 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 It's like a library in terms of the discussion around Stephon Inside Tewitt. voices. Inside voices when we're talking about him. When you compound those guys both being out and, and then you lose Watt, you lose Minka, you lose Hayden, it's, hey, you get what you got on Sunday. I am confident Moats. I don't think without Tua and Alualu that they can be a truly elite defense. Okay. I think in the context of what really good defenses are, though, in the NFL in 2021, mm-hmm. like you've pointed out, an, yes. an offense-centric league, yeah, I think they can be a, still without Tua and Alualu. They get the other three back. Mm-hmm. I think they can be a top-five defense in the NFL. And see, that's the funny thing. I agree. I think they could be a good defense. I yes. just feel like— we throw on really good, but we throw out elite a lot when we're talking about them. That's rare in the NFL now. And to me, when we watch them this season, it's been too many times where they, they haven't been an elite defense since 2019. They were an elite defense. I would agree with when that. Ben missed yes. the whole season and they led agree. the way every they single week. They elite. were an elite defense. 100. They were elite, but I think that's the thing that when we're as optimistic on this team, some of the things that we say, even you kind of said it at the beginning, was like, oh, man, you know, they, they got an elite. They could be elite. And it's like, I don't necessarily believe that they can right now based on the injuries that they've already sustained. That's uh, that, I just think that's, all, they're, that's they're not an excuse. A that's just re- there's yeah. a difference between excuses and reality. And I also think about just the play at inside linebacker, right? It's hard to be elite when those guys oh. are struggling the way that they're struggling as well. Hundred percent. You can you you can't have an elite defense without being elite in the middle. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tomlin is talking about that. Talked about how you need speed and you need talent there. 
Look no further than the Buccaneers last season. Look no further than, than a lot of these teams, what they were able to do when they were on their runs with, with how talented they were in the center of their defense. I, I, I'm with you. That, like, there's, there's maybe one or two elite defenses in the NFL every year, and that's yeah. it. Like last Seriously, year, was pr- last year was probably the Bucks. Yeah, and that's probably it. And they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, but I, I, I think there's no reason these three guys, relative, right, their health withstanding, that they can't be a good, boarding on really good defense, like yeah. a top five defense in the league. And I could definitely see that, man. I could definitely see that. Oh man, man, man. <sighs> yeah, but but you know what? What you hit on there too, a big thing. That's holding this defense back, and we'll obviously talk about this in a few minutes more with Terrence Garvin. They need better from their off-ball linebackers, from their middle linebackers. I know Devin Bush is the talking point, and my goodness, everyone's been railing on him this week, and and that he's been maybe the the biggest topic of conversation in the aftermath of that game. But Joe Schobert hasn't been much better. He has been better, certainly, but not he, he has. He's he been ain't playing at a Pro Bowl level or, or anything like that either. My my only thing is this. He's playing at a competent level. He's playing at a competent level. Yes. And, and, and I don't want that to get, you know, brought down because we try to make somebody else feel good. No, I agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. He's playing at a competent level. Yeah. But but when you say not much better, then I'm like, ah, Okay, f- a little bit better. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna say, I know we tra- I know level. we don't want to make this person feel bad, but Lord, I, Lord, I we hoping, can't do it to you know, Joe, like man. You and I talked about during training camp. I was hoping that we were getting uh, splash play Joe Schobert yeah, yeah. and Pro Bowl. I, I would Joe agree Schobert. with that. Yes, but seven interceptions in the last two years, Joe Correct. Schobert. We just got regular. Joe. We've we've gotten competent, yes. competent Joe. Yeah, regular Joe. <laughs> regular Joe. Just we haven't had. Yeah, we Joe. haven't had Pro Bowl Joe. And 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 those things compound yeah. when you beat up on the defensive line. When your middle linebackers aren't, you know, carrying as much water as you would hope that they could, yeah. that's that's when you get what we got Sunday. <sighs> I just I, I Do don't you know think the, it can improve though. That's because literally that's, what I was just gonna because, ask because you. part of me I'm like when when I hear people say, well, I think this game is different if TJ Minka and Joe are out there, and I ask myself, I'm like, well, how different would it have been because. It wasn't as if they were killing us on the perimeter. It wasn't if you know we couldn't. Uh, or we couldn't generate any type of pressure on the quarterback. That wasn't the case. Alex Highsmith, every time he went over there against the right tackle, was it uh, Storm Norton or whatever, he was cooking that guy. Like, that wasn't the case. Cam Hayward was playing out of his mind. Herbert averaged 10 yards per carry. Austin Eckler, 4.5 yards per carry. Like, like to me, and, and less about Austin Eckler's rushing yards, I mean, I also think about how he was able to just kill the passing element as well. Yes, he was. That 65 to, yards receiving for an like average to, of 11 yards per reception. So for me, all of that points back to who? It points to 5-5. Five, five. So, Four touchdowns. So him. I ask myself, even if these other guys are out there, what impact does that have in I, that particular a matchup? very astute point by you, Arthur. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I said, man, if, if Keenan Allen went off a 250 or if Mike Williams went off for 100-something, like I could understand. I'm like, okay, cool. Mika being out there, that changes that. Joe being out there, that changes that. If Joe Burrow had, I mean, not Joe, if Justin Herbert had all the time in the world, every time he dropped back, all right, you know what, man, TJ Benard, that would have helped that. I can understand that. But that was not the case. And that's my only concern with this defense going forward is can the interior part of these linebackers step their game up enough so it's not our Achilles Hill? <laughs> the, the numbers, if you just look at them, are kind of staggering, right? Total plays: Steelers sixty-five, oh, yeah. Chargers sixty-nine. Mm-hmm. Nice. The, so there's not there's only four play difference. Yeah, that's about yeah. as close as I mean that's about uh-huh. as close as you get. 
Total yards. The Chargers outgained the Steelers by 233. 533 total yards, if I remember correctly. Both teams had the ball 11 times. The Chargers gained almost two and a half football fields more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's crazy. Yards per play, 4.6 for the Steelers. And you know what? That's a respectable number. But 7.7 for the Chargers. Yeah, you know what? As as you really make me think about this, Votes, having those three guys back, I, I think it would have helped in the secondary. Because Keenan Allen and, right. and, uh, and Williams did have good days. But, man, those numbers are still alarming. Like, the Chargers would have still scored points. That, with, and that's my only doubt. thing. I'm just like, that matchup right there alone – those guys aren't fixing that. Maybe Joe limits one of them a little bit more, but then the other one still has the same type yeah. of opportunities. Oh. But when you look at those numbers from Sunday on paper, that's the first time I looked at it like that. Yeah, man. They outgained the Steelers by 233 yards. Oh, Lord. Like, I just don't think three guys coming back are cutting off uh, – what cut off a hundred yards? <laughs> Still old another hundred. That's all I'm saying, man. No, that every everyone's everyone's got to be better yeah. for sure. But I think, and we'll talk about this with Terrence Garvin on the other side. I think it starts with with those two in the middle, and and particularly young yeah. Devin Bush. And I would agree on that. I'd agree with that, man. But either way, but before we get to this break. Definitely let us know what your thoughts are, though, on this defense, man. If you feel like, you know, they can improve or if they will improve. Uh, along with what we were t- uh, I forgot what I asked him about earlier. Oh, my God. Oh, about the loss in the tie as well, yep. though. Yep. Yeah, let us know, man, how you feel about that, man. You know, does the loss feel better? The loss versus the Chargers feel better than the tie versus the Lions? All of that is on the table. At the body fifty two, the body at Wesley Euler, the good Harry. Give us some. Th- we want some Thanksgiving we want, tweets I'm about too. To say, yeah, we, we're gonna get to that, but you're rushing it. You're rushing. Well, it. I'm just. I'm That's soliciting. A too. I'm soliciting early. You know yeah, me. Yeah, I'm yeah, always soliciting. Yeah, early. yeah, yeah. Soliciting on your time. Solicit it's my time. Soliciting early. Soliciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on now. You doing on your time, all right? So with that being said, when we get back, we will have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Terrence Garvin, on the phone with us. Steelers alum, West Virginia alum, and this How? is Mo Singular on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.